Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. So today we're going to talk about the uh, existing market and uh, all the changes that have happened. I know across the country, I talk to a lot of investors around the country and around the world that buy here in Memphis and uh, talking to them about California, New York, Utah, wherever, you tend to think that the whole world's real estate market's coming to an end, that is collapsing, which is true in California. They're seeing some massive drops. New York is. But keep in mind, in these major metropolitan areas like that, yes, they have huge upswings and they have they, they take off like a rocket and they drop like a bag of bricks. Memphis, on the other hand, is a little different. I think it's, and I always equate it to the fact that we're a distribution city and that so many people inside the city limits of Memphis work in distribution, they work in the service field, and 49% of them rent. So because of that humongous render base, that has kept our rental market pretty solid, pretty stable. In 2008, yes, we saw a reduction, but nowhere near like the rest of the country. Memphis recovered fairly quick. I would think, Aaron, it was about two years after the collapse in 2008, Memphis was back to a previous level. And then by 14, we had already exceeded that level when the rest of the country was still struggling trying to get back to their previous level of 2008 on value. Yeah. You know, Brett and I love to talk about our experiences in real estate. And I've been doing this for about 22 years. So I got to see the initial issues with the economy in the very late 90s. Of course, the boom in the early 2000s, a legitimate crash that happened in seven and eight, Mm -hmm. 07, 08, finding a floor in 09 and 10, and then the market beginning to take off again in 2011. And we've had this long, both in the stock market and in real estate, this long bull market that is just going up, 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 up. So one of the things that Brett and I often talk about with other investors is the regionality of real trends. Because the experts all told us last year, oh, here it comes. So we got a bus coming. Things are going to fall apart. The market's going to tank. And so what happened? You had a lot of these hedge fund groups are just buying up thousands and thousands of homes, hoping for it to tank and then allowing it to rocket back. And at that point, when it rockets back, they're going to liquidate and make a profit. Yeah. That never happened here. We've seen a little cooling, which is normal for this time of year and normal for an inflationary issue and with high prices on, on gas. And I mean, that's just going to affect the market. But overall, the market hasn't really dropped in Memphis. It's actually stayed pretty steady. Yeah. It's just not rocketing and climbing like it was previous this year. Yeah, I think that there is a little bit of a correction. Probably the most obvious area of correction that we're seeing right now is that the hedge funds, which were just gobbling up and consuming all these properties, they have really slowed down on their offers. They predicted this horrendous downturn. Right. So one would ask the question, if you see a downturn coming, why are you buying up so many properties? Well, if you think of the way these hedge fund groups work, they don't care what they pay for it. All they care for what it's producing and what it elevates to four or five years from now. Now that they're not seeing the Memphis market waffle the way they expected it to, and it's staying pretty steady, they realize they're not going to see, I don't think they're going to see the gains they wanted in the next five years, but they're going to see slow, steady growth. And for a hedge fund group, that's not acceptable. They've got to pick up something that has tremendous increase over a a short period of time for their investors. Right. And we also need to take into consideration that buyers have a very specific goal 
as to why they purchase property, how long they hold that property, how they depreciate that property and the expenses that they have during their time of property ownership and what that does for them year over year. There are organizations, and I believe that these organizations that have been buying up these properties are going to need years where they're able to show losses. They're going to need years where they have cash and they need to do capital improvements. And this they is- the wrong market in Memphis to do that in because we're just not seeing the losses that everybody predicted. Sure, right, exactly. It's all strategic. It's what do I need this year? You're given advice by whoever your CFO is for this year for what to do next year. If next year it's time to acquire 15 million in real estate in Memphis, Tennessee, then that's going to be the goal of this corporation is to just once again, get back into this acquisition phase. I think what these groups are doing right now, just to sort of close out this concept is that they're, they're satiated, you know, their, their goals for acquiring properties have probably been met. And the whole interest rate thing that everybody's talking about and how the Fed is getting involved in everything needs some clarification because really what's happening is the Fed is raising the interloan lending rate between banks. And so banks then have to pass that on to the borrower. So it's not that the Fed had, you know, they can't raise or lower interest rates directly to the consumer. That has to be the bank. That's not their job. So these corporations are definitely dealing in cash loans. They're definitely getting financing from their own net worth. They also use the BRRR method, Mm -hmm. right? Just like the small investors. So here's my thought on this, as far as how this affects our listeners. I believe that our listeners were sort of bullied out of the market or pushed out of the way by larger, more in tune and in touch and more capable and wealthier groups and buyers. And I think the last three years, one of the biggest complaints we've seen online is that owner occupants say, well, I can't get to the house fast enough. It's gone before I get there. This investor group is offering a 10% premium. I can't afford that for my family where I don't qualify for a loan that big. And so it is is pushed those people out of the way. Well, it's done the same thing for a lot of our investors who want to buy properties, but then other investors get to it before they do. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't have the means to do the rehab that's needed at that elevated price. So here's what I'm seeing in the market. I am seeing a plateauing right now over the last 45 to 60 days of property values. So they're still going up, but it's slightly, slightly. Yeah, exactly. More more or less it's plateauing, it's slowing down. But the the biggest sign for me is that properties on the market for seven or 10 days versus last early this summer, it was on the market for, you know, 24 hours. Right. I don't think there's as many buyers as there are properties, which then creates a perfect scenario for an investor trying to get into the market here in Memphis. Right now would be the perfect time to start. Exactly. I have teenagers. There's a social media app called TikTok, and I watch TikTok. So there are all kinds of real estate investor trainers and teachers talking about how the next 12 to 18 months might be one of the biggest buying opportunities for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's going to be some softening in the market. It doesn't mean that if you bought in March that your house is going to be worth less next year. Hopefully it's not for sale next year if you just bought it. Sure. Right. So like you have a longer term buy and hold philosophy. Most of our investors do. And it's great that they own the real estate and they're going to have all the benefits of owning that real estate, even if the value of that home vacillates by 3%, 4% over the next 18 months. That is a nothing change in value. So what we're trying to encourage our investors to do at this point is watch for the opportunities. 
right? Look at the days on market, get a feel for whether or not this property has been in and out of contracts a couple of times, figure out where can I gain the advantage, you know, in this purchase? Well, let me tell you one good advantage you can gain is by getting yourself a good agent. There you go. Right? In, in a hot market, good agents that are worth their salt will get you the deals you want. And right. there's all kind of creative ways as a good agent can work very hard on your behalf to make your offer more desirable to the other side. The second thing I want to mention is that, and I get this from all my investors, if you're long-term buy and hold, then you really should not care sure. about current market value. You shouldn't care about current market swings because if you're holding it for 10 years, I, I will pretty much go on record right now and guarantee you that within 10 years, your property is going to be worth more than you paid for it. So get away from all the scare, the nervousness about the market and just take Aaron's advice. Right now is a good time to buy because there are so many more properties than buyers, which means sellers are more motivated. I just did a deal today. I just did the inspection on it. And we went $30,000 under market because the house had sat there for two weeks when the agent got nervous because she was used to selling houses in a day. So yeah, sellers are motivated. Take advantage of it. Yeah. To that point as well. So Brett and I are realtors, obviously, and we talk to other realtors. And what Brett said is exactly true. There are realtors that are out there that do not know. They have never experienced a downturn during their career. Most of them will be back to their old jobs by the end of this year. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we won't mention what, I mean, you can imagine what these people were before they became realtors, but there are soon going to be more realtors than there are selling opportunities. Sure. So when that happens, realtors begin to drop out. What Brett and I are really just trying to convey is it's a phenomenal time to get in. I think it's going to continue to improve for buyers in the area of being able to make below market offers with where there are opportunities and just let the seller make up their mind, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're used to living or operating real estate inside of a context where you quote unquote, don't want to offend the seller by offering too little, like get out of that mentality. They'll always counter. Well, I mean, sometimes. I mean, most of the time, we've got some lowballs that are insane. Yeah, but if I submit an offer below asking, I always contact the agent and say, "Look, here's our offer. If your seller's inclined to counter, please counter. Don't just reject." And nine times out of ten, we get a counter and we negotiate it. A lot of times, we meet them in the middle. So. And Brett, by the way, pays attention every day. He doesn't rely on what he knew yesterday to get him through the day today. And he is always paying attention. He and I both are educating ourselves, getting a feel for the market and changing our strategy. And just for the listener, I have to say this. Brett is the most boots on the ground realtor that we have ever worked with. He will knock doors. He will talk to neighbors. He will drive streets. He'll drive streets week after week, you know, watching and seeing how that particular community is improving or not improving. He has a conscience, ladies and gentlemen. And so he's going to tell you if he sees something that, that we need to be concerned about. And that's something that I love about Brett. And I think that you will too. So anyway, if you're interested in knowing more about the Memphis market, please give Brett a call and get a better idea about what the opportunities are out there. Tell Brett where you are. Tell him about your financing situation and what your financial goals are, how much money that you have to put down. These are all very personal questions, but without this information, we can't advise investors right. properly. I get asked that question a lot. Do I need to have cash? Well, yeah. Obviously, if you have cash, you're a more competitive buyer. But there are so many other ways to make a conventional loan offer as competitive as a cash offer through escalation clause. There's all kinds of things that we can do to make your offer enticing. Most agents don't worry about it. They won't spend the time to try to win the offer. All they want to do is write the offer, throw it out there, and see what sticks. Right. And I'm not saying I'm the only agent that does that, 
but a lot of agents just don't put in the extra time. So find you an agent that puts in the time to, to get you the offer and win the bid. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at EPMRealEstate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc. Oh, 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 oh,